as you just heard, Roberto Longo has retired from the game of hockey. Hi, I'm Thomas Vesio. Alongside me is Andrew Flager and Joseph Caruso on the N10 Puck Talk podcast, episode number 20. This is being recorded on June 27th. I know we said our next episode was going to be July 2nd, right after the free agent frenzy, but there was just too many, uh, too much hockey news to talk about in between that uh, time span. So, uh, Flager, what's going on with you? Uh, not much, Thomas. Uh, like the episode that I missed out on last week, uh, golf was good. I, I didn't play amazing golf, didn't win the tournament, uh, but it was a fun weekend. Lots of lots of golf, lots of drinking, so it was a good time. <laughs> good, fun memories. That was the Slovenian Open, right? No, no, Slovenian uh, Open is next, July 6th, next week. Okay, okay. All right, uh, Joe, what's going on with you? I'm good, boys. How are all you guys today? Not bad, not bad. Uh, so, yeah, we just heard in the beginning of the intro Roberto Luongo has officially retired from the National Hockey League after 19 NHL seasons. Uh, pretty sad for a guy who had a long career. He's 40 years old. Um, and, yeah, well, I guess we'll get right into the hockey news. So, Roberto Luongo said this after he retired. This is one of the toughest decisions I've faced in my life, and it took me a long time to make it. Obviously, that has to do with the fact that Roberto Luongo was pretty much injured for half the year, uh, struggled with a knee injury. He actually got injured in the first game of the year versus Tampa Bay Lightning this year. It uh, wasn't the same goalie at all uh, throughout the year. Um, I guess we'll kind of read his stats now. The 40-year-old goalie was 489, 392, and 91 with 33 ties in his NHL career. He posted a 252 goals against average and a 919 save percentage and 77 shutouts in 1,044 NHL games with the New York Islanders, Florida Panthers, and Vancouver Canucks. Uh, He also won gold medals with Canada at the 2010 and 2014 Winter Olympics, and other international awards includes for Canada, includes two World Championship gold medals and a World Cup of Hockey gold medal in 2004. Uh, Luongo, a list of his awards here, he has won the Messier Leadership Award when he was captain for the Vancouver Canucks from 2008 to 2010, uh, probably one of the only goalies to ever do that. And he also was a six-time All-Star as well through his NHL career. And then in 2009, on September 2nd, 2009, Luongo signed probably one of the worst deals that is now currently still being dealt with. He signed a 12-year contract with the Canucks. And now because Luongo retired, before that contract expired in 2021-2022, the Panthers and Canucks will each have to, uh, like, I don't know, a cap penalty on their, I guess, their cap. So I think Vancouver, the Vancouver Canucks have to put $3 million aside for uh, Luongo's contract, and Florida has to do uh, $1 million aside for its contract. So what do you guys think about Roberto Luongo? Do you have any favorite moments? My favorite moment of Roberto Luongo would have to be the 2010 Vancouver Winter Olympics. Uh, just because that was probably Luongo when he was in his prime. I, I believe he split time during those Olympics with Broder And I think, was it Carey Price was the goalie with them? No, it was Marc-Andre Fleury with them. Oh, yeah, Fleury. Yeah, I completely forgot about him. Um, anyways, but I'd have to say the 2010 uh, Winter Olympics when he won gold with Team Canada. Yeah, my favorite moment was definitely <laughs> a kind of a funny moment. Like, just before he got traded back to the Florida Panthers, I believe in 2013, he was, I think Tortorella was the coach. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was. And uh, he's like, yeah, my contract sucks. He straight up said that, even though he's the one that signed the 12 year contract back in 2009, as Thomas mentioned, I mean, it turned out to be an albatross. So 
that was probably my favorite moment. I mean, he went back to the Panthers, the team where he kind of like had his start and like where he became sort of an all-star there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Luongo, he's kind of an underrated goalie in my opinion throughout his career. Like 489 wins is like incredible, I think. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't win the Stanley Cup. He got yeah. close in 2011 with the Canucks. He fell to the Bruins in seven games. But, I mean, he is Italian. Me and Thomas are Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll always hold a place in our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> the greasy hair. Greasy, greasy hair. hair, yeah. Uh, I just want to mention quickly that Roberto Luongo currently is second on yeah. the all-time games played leaderboard uh, for goalies in the NHL. He has 1,044 games played, and Broder is in first with 1,266 games played. That's kind of a, that's a milestone. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's crazy. a lot Broder of games. Goalie, yeah. That's a, Luongo was in the league for, what, 20 years? 19. 19 years, almost 20. That's That's a long time for a goalie, a goalie especially. Yeah, uh, his body just ended up breaking down. He just couldn't compete like he used to, so I guess he called it a career. Yeah, I was looking through Luongo's stats, actually, and, like, obviously the Florida Panthers weren't amazing when uh, he came to the team. But, like, other than that, like, I'm pretty sure he had wins in – like, he had more wins and losses in every year of his career except for the beginning of his career and the end of his career in Florida when he was injured. Uh, so that's pretty cool for Roberto Luongo, yeah. I mean, everyone kind of remembers him for his uh, captaincy on Vancouver on his helmet and his pads and stuff like that. And, yeah, obviously 2010, the Olympics was pretty special. Martin Broder kind of shit the bed in the last game versus the United States. <laughs> and there, then Luongo stepped up, and he was – he didn't win goal of the tournament because Ryan Miller won goal of the tournament. But at the end of the day, he won gold. Ryan Miller didn't. So – yeah, great for Roberto Luongo, and uh, hopefully his retirement's all right, too. I'm not sure if many people realized, but did you know that he was drafted by the Islanders? Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. He was. He won in the first round, which is surprising. Not many goalies go in the first round. He was drafted fourth overall in 1997. That's kind of crazy. Jeez, I didn't know it was that high, actually. Yeah, the, like, that's – you don't see uh, – I don't even What know. trade? To, Florida. Um, let me check here. Yeah, let's check that. No, to – Vancouver. Sorry, yeah, yeah. He was sorry. traded. He was traded from the New York Islanders with Ole Jokin to the Florida Panthers. Yeah. For Mark Parrish and Oleg Klasha. No idea who that is. I remember Ole Jokin and though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> the Panthers won that one. Then he was traded from the Panthers with a player I can't pronounce his name and a sixth round pick in the 2006 draft. Uh, who turned out to be Sergei Shirokov, no idea who that is, uh, to the Canucks for Todd Bertuzzi, Brian Allen, Alex Ald, and a conditional pick in that was 2007. That is a steal. Yeah, that no, is no, a steal. Yeah, so every, almost every amazing. trade he's involved in, like that was in his prime too, and like that's all Florida got for him. That's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but then, I mean, Jacob Markstrom went to the Canucks, right, for Luongo. I mean, yeah, he's not he's not like yeah. a great goalie, like, I'd still pick Luongo probably any day over him, but yeah, that that one was probably the best, most even trade that he was involved best in. Return. I guess, yeah, exactly. Oh, and Sean Matthias was a part of that trade too. Oh, good yeah, Sean big Matthias. big beauty Matthias over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Anyways, let's move on because we've been talking about him for a while. Well, no, I just wanted to mention something that like he's probably going to the Hall of Fame 100. percent Oh, he's a first oh, yeah, ballot Hall of yeah. Famer in my opinion for sure. And how do you not include him? 
and the next topic is the Hockey Hall of Fame class that was yesterday as well. So uh, Flager, Good transition Joe, there. yeah, just go go ahead. Yeah, so I I think on Monday the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2019 was announced. Uh, it's not a great class in my opinion. It we is not. <laughs> Guy Carboneau is going to the Hall of Fame. Haley Wickenheiser, Sergey Zubov, Vaclav Neb- Nedimonsky, uh Pittsburgh Penguins general manager Jim Rutherford and longtime Boston College coach Jerry York were elected as um, the Hall of Fame inductees, Hockey Hall of Fame inductees for 2019. We're not, I know all three of us are not a fan of this, but you guys just want to share your thoughts quickly. Yeah, um, like, of course, Haley Wickenheiser deserves to be, and she's like arguably, if not the greatest women's hockey player of all time. Mm-hmm. So she 100% deserves to be into the Hockey Hall of Fame. But like, Sergey Zubov is a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't really know that much about him. He retired like almost 10 years ago, if not more now. But he was actually like one of the first like Russian D-men that like won the cup along with uh, Alex Kovalev with the Rangers in 94. So that's kind of like a cool stat that he holds, him and Kovalev hold. But he also won a cup with the Stars in 99 as well. He was like a pretty solid two-way more offensively minded demon so i think he was okay but like i'm a huge montreal fan but like Guy carbono is like a second third line center like i honestly don't think he should be in the hall of fame but uh i mean it is what it is but whatever see my my problem here is i have no clue who vaklav netamonsky is and also Jerry York, like I'm not even sure who those people are. Never really heard of them, and I'm a huge hockey fan, so I think that's that's my main issue with with this um, hockey Hall of Fame class. Well, it's because like some uh, well I don't know, but every year I think the hockey Hall of Fame tries to induct at least one Russian player from the Soviet Union when they were back then with the what are they called um, the uh, me USSR. Yeah, 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 something like that. They always try to like honor one of their players that were on the team or builders or coaches, whatever. Uh, so I, I kind of get that one, but like, it's not the greatest hockey inductees. Like last year was what Martin Saint Louis, Martin Brodeur. That was a good. That, that was, was a good that year. Was really good, yeah. That was a good. I don't remember who else was in there, but I remember I really loved that class. I'm so, gonna look uh, it up. Keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. And like, I mean. Jeremy Roenick is just sitting there like I, I think you know I he didn't I don't think he won a cup but yeah I don't think he did he was he's regarded as one of the best American players of all time and yeah. he's and he's one of the best analysts on NBC he has the most talent and like he's funny off the air and stuff he has great personality but like I don't know this hockey hall of fame class is not amazing but again it's well deserved by everyone I guess they deserve to be there so yeah, I mean, there's nothing we could do about it. I mean, everyone deserves to be there, but just yeah. it's definitely not the best class that we've seen, especially in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last year, 2018, Brodeur, um, St. Louis, Willie O'Ree, Gary Bettman, um, something Hefford. I don't even know who Oh, Jana Hefford? Yeah, her. Yeah, she's yeah, she really good at hockey. And then Yakushev. <laughs> Yeah, they always try to put a Russian in there. Yeah, they always put, like, some sort of IIHF player that used to play, like, mm-hmm. before, like, yeah, as Thomas mentioned, like, before it became officially Russia, so. No, that was a good class last year, to, to be honest. Yeah, I was a big fan of that class. Yeah, a lot of them and are for A Quebec lot of people, too. 
a lot of people rip on uh, like Gary Bettman, but I think he's like he's kind of helped the league out. I think help grow the game a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of people hate him. I'm not like the biggest fan of him, but I think he he gets underappreciated a little bit. So. A little bit, yeah. He's grown the game like a lot, especially if you look at like countries like Finland and Sweden who have been cranking out players the past two or three years. I mean, they must be doing something right with how they're broadcasting their games and uh, I guess like getting the game well known more across the world. So I guess he's doing a good job of that. And he's the expansion. He's also brought in two teams uh, from two different markets to the NHL in the last, what, five years. So Seattle, Las Vegas, Las Vegas was a hit in their first year. So hopefully Seattle could do the same. I don't think they're going to be the same, but I mean, he look what he just did for that. Like he just brought them in. I don't like what he's doing with Arizona. He, the NHL owns the team. I wish they could relocate to Quebec City. Yep. That's my opinion, but uh, probably never see that happen. The one thing I guess that you could argue too is obviously he didn't let the NHL players participate in the last Winter Olympics. Oh yeah, so yeah. that's another. That was one big issue, probably the biggest issue in my opinion, uh, with that kind of like held held the league from grow or not the league held held the sport back from uh like growing well, I just guess. basically having their best players out there the best stage yeah yeah okay so uh rfa william carlson has signed a new eight-year contract with the golden knights worth 5.9 million per season last season carlson had 56 points 24 goals 32 assists and 82 regular season games with the golden knights as well as five points two goals three assists and seven stanley cup playoff games in his nhl career carlson has 184 points 85 goals, 99 assists, and 347 regular season games with the Golden Knights and Blue Jackets. So what do you guys think about this deal? You go first, Flager. Yeah, I don't know. Like, He's not a great player. Um, I think $5.9 million per year is – it's reasonable. It's not terrible, but I think it's a little bit overpaid. Then again, if you look at um, the Vegas Golden Knights lineup, he's – he was playing on the first line with Jonathan Marcheseau and Riley Smith. He was centering them down the middle this year. So I guess that's I guess that's kind of a reasonable contract, five point nine per year, uh, for eight years. That's a long time. So yeah, I think they really like. I I, I like him as a player, but I think this is a maybe a little bit overvalued. I don't know. Maybe I'd give him five mil per year. I don't think he's a first line center by any means, uh, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, he had that breakout season last year with 43 goals or 44 goals or something like that. And I'm like, I haven't looked at cap friendly yet with this Carlson contract, but man, the Golden Knights have a lot of expensive contracts on their team. And we'll mention another one that just got departed from their team. But I think this is a fine deal for William Carlson. 5.9 is all right. He's their number one center. You know, you got to take care of your players that are, um, uh, I guess, good um William Carlson again like what Flager said I mean he's probably not a first line center but on the Vegas Golden Knights he is and he's a big part of their team on the power play and uh, even strength so I think it's an okay signing for the Vegas Golden Knights but mentioning their contracts again like they have Stone at 9.5 this is off the top of my head I'm not even looking like they have Stone at 9.5 Patrick at 7 Stasny close to 7 Schmidt at 5.9 um, Shea Theodore at 5.2, Mark Andre Fleury at 7 mil. Like, for a team Jeez. who's going to be there entering their third year, 
and like people thought they were going to rebuild and be young like man this team is ready to win already like it's crazy yeah like in my opinion i think the contract as well like carlson has been there obviously from the expansion draft and he just saw patch walk in and sign seven million then he saw stastny come in and sign for over seven million i think and then he sees stone walk in stone's a fantastic player but he comes in at 9.5 carlson's like hey i scored 43 goals last year i mean I think the 5.9, like he was pretty generous mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like the eight years, I think he wanted to stay in Vegas long term. Yeah. So I guess that's why the cap hit was a little bit lower. But I think it's a fine deal for him. If he can be like a 25 goal, like 50 to 60 point guy, I think it's a pretty decent contract for him. I guess let's move on. Yep. Uh, Calvin DeHaan was traded to the Blackhawks by the Carolina Hurricanes. He was traded alongside forward prospect Alexi Sorella. For goalie Anton Forsberg and defenseman Gustav Forsling, uh, Dahan had <laughs> Dahan had a goal and 13 assists in 74 regular season games. <laughs> You're still season. thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Calvin Dahan had a goal and 13 assists in 74 regular season games this season, and he was one goal. He had one goal in the Stanley Cup playoffs this season. Uh, pretty decent guys w- yeah what do you guys think about this i i really like it I, he's gonna fit in very very well uh with the chicago black for some reason um i think he's he's not really known for his offensive play at all he's more of a like a defense yeah. defenseman uh but i i think he's really gonna fit in in chicago yeah i think so too i think this was a good trade for the blackhawks point of view I mean, he signed, I think he signed a four-year deal with Carolina last offseason, so he only lost a one year there. But he is more of a defensive-minded defenseman, and Chicago kind of needs some stability on the back end, and he can certainly be like the fourth defenseman on that team. Um, yeah, well, not well-known for his offense, but I think the trade works more in the Blackhawks' favor. But I also think the Hurricanes traded DeHaan because of his cap hit. I think he's at like... I agree. Three or four million, something like that. And they may need more money to sign Sebastian Ajo, who's an RFA. Yeah, that that guy's asking for 9.5 right now. Yeah, I was going to say he's asking for a lot of money. Uh, I would give it to right. him. He's I... like the best player on the team by far, I think. Oh, I would 100% too. And I'm pretty sure he's a center as well, right? Yeah. Like, of yeah. course, you're going to be asking for that kind of money when you're a player of that caliber. Um uh, as and like their number one center basically their best player but i agree with i think uh like they they kind of got rid of him to get rid of his cap mm-hmm. uh, and but the blackhawks are getting a good defenseman in dahan he's gonna yep. play with he's probably gonna play on the second pair on seabrook i would assume yeah uh but we'll see uh to some philadelphia flyer news uh it might not be good might may be good for you guys but i don't know we're starting off with uh, good old Ryan Hartman uh, <laughs> trade to the Stars by for Flyers for to the Flyer from the Flyers for Tyler Pitlick. So uh, Hartman was originally traded from the Blackhawks to the Predators for a first round pick uh, back in February 26, 2018. Then a le- year later, traded to the Flyers for Simmons, and then now traded for Stars pick Pitlick. So uh, the value is just getting lower and lower for Ryan Hartman. I kind of feel bad for him, but. Traded for a first, then traded for Wayne Simmons, now traded for Tyler Pitlick. Uh, I don't know what to say about that, but like, if you guys want to bounce off that, like that's it's not very good. 
I mean, Hartman is a literally a third to fourth line player. When he got sent from the Blackhawks to the Predators like last year, I was like dumbfounded. Like, how the hell is this guy with a first round pick? Like, he's done nothing in his career. He's like an average player at best. And he's now he's been bounced around a couple of teams and like I haven't really heard of Tyler Pillick. I know he's a defenseman, but <laughs> His value just plummeted, and I have no clue why the Predators gave a first-round pick for him last year. Who knows if there was, like, a door deal or something. Like, maybe, like, something else will happen in the future between uh, those two teams, the Predators and uh, the Flyers. But, uh, like, I I don't know. Like, I don't really have comments on this trade really hard. Yeah, like, I don't even, like, I don't even you guys to comment on the trade. Like, I'm just commenting on, like, Hartman as a player like he's yeah no I know like he's just had he's been bounced around like yeah. recently more recently than than uh, before but yeah, I don't know I was I remember when he got traded for that first round pick uh like we were I was really shocked I don't know and now he's on the stars but actually the stars did not qualify him as an RFA so he's going to be a free agent on July 1st <laughs> so yeah. they gave him away for nothing yeah so that says a lot so, traded for a first, traded for Simmons, traded for Pitlick, free agent. In the matter Literally. of one year. So, good for Ryan Hartman. Uh, <laughs> Travis Sanaheim signed a two-year extension with the Flyers worth $3.25 million per. Sanaheim had an NHL career high in goals with 9 and assists with 26 and points with 35 in 82 games for the Flyers this season. I think he's a great defenseman. I love watching him. Uh, he's going to be great on the Flyers back end for the near future with that rebuilt decor so uh, good for Travis Anaheim and do you want like do you want thoughts on that trade or no or like signing there's not much to talk about on that signing but Brian Elliott also signed a one-year contract with the Flyers uh his contract is worth two million uh per like that one one year that mm-hmm. he will be with them uh Elliott was 11 11 and one with a 2.96 goals against average had a .907 save percentage and one shutout in 26 games. 23 of them were starts with the Flyers last season. Yeah, I think this is a move for Philly that they kind of want Carter Hart to be the starter now, and then they want a veteran goalie to kind of mentor him a little bit through his second season. So I think this is a smart move for Philly, signing the veteran Elliott to a one-year deal. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Like, you, you literally took the words out of my mouth, basically. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't Elliot's not that good, but again, what Joe said, like Hart's No, but they're not starter. they're not gonna yeah, they're not gonna expect him to come in and be their starter, right? No, like Hart's no. Hart's taking over that starting role. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Elliott maybe possibly retires after. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, he's what kind of up there now. He's probably in his mid thirties now. Yeah, he's thirty four years years mm-hmm. old. He's from Newmarket, eh, Ontario. Oh, Close okay. to us. He nice. should probably uh head home and sit there for the rest of his career um anyways uh so going to the other conference now uh, andrew's boy craig berube signed a three-year contract <laughs> extension with the blues to remain the head coach uh i didn't write any notes because i just feel like we just talked about craig berube and the story of the blues too long so i mean what can you say like the guy stepped and won the cup yeah, yeah. he literally took him from la- literally took him from last place to the best team in the nhl so yeah, this is a well-deserved three-year contract. So, yeah, no, completely. Like, this is a good, good, good uh, contract for sure. There's some other St. Louis Blues news. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be going undergoing surgery on his left knee. 
according to the St. Louis Blues GM. I don't know if you guys heard any further rumors on this, but that's no. Yeah, I think it's just like a four-week recovery, and then they're going to evaluate him. So it must have not been that severe because he didn't miss any games during the playoffs. So and you could, uh, yeah, you could read this one, Joe. Okay, and uh, other news: Eric Halla. This was, I think, late last night. He was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for prospect centerman Nicholas Roy in a fifth-round pick. Halla had seven points, two goals, five assists, and fifteen games for Vegas this season. So obviously, if you look at the fifteen games, that means Halla barely played this year. He was injured for most of the season. I mean, he was great for them two seasons ago yeah. during that playoff run. They went to the finals. And Carolina, again, very active. And they just added another probably third-ish line player. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a solid trade for Carolina. Yeah, I don't know if it's a solid trade for Carolina because I don't know if he'll be able to kind of bounce back and, and put up the numbers that he did previous year with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, no. In 2017-2018, he had... 55 points in 76 games, uh, which is it's pretty decent. Yeah. And um, then he had nine points in 20 games played in the playoffs last year. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. Like, he's 28 years old. It's not like he's a young player. He's not going to be up and coming. So I kind of – like, it's not it's not a good trade. It's not a bad trade. I think it's just – what I, like, it's reasonable in my opinion. Yeah, I was for actually – For both the, teams. I was actually at the game – Hala got injured uh, against the Leafs. Patrick Marlowe, his uh, new teammate, <laughs> injured him. Uh, and it was pretty bad. He was on the ice for like 20 minutes. I'm not even kidding, like 20 minutes. And yeah, I remember that. His leg was not moving the right way. Uh, but yeah, like what Joe said and Flager, like I think it's if he can play decent next year, I think it's a good trade. But again, I, I, don't, I don't see him repeating 29 goals, 55 points from two years ago. So... And might be leveraged because he's finished for Sebastian Ajo to re-sign sooner rather than later. But I don't know. I guess the Hurricanes feel like they need this type of player in their lineup for the third or second, fourth line. So, yeah, I guess it's good in a way. But, again, I think his cap is $4.1 million. So if they want to get Ajo, like they just traded Dahan, who was at 4.2 or something like that. And to get a guy at 4.1, I think he's at right now. Sorry, 2.75, my bad. Uh, and he has, I think, two years left or one year left after this year. So it's not horrible, but again, if he could stick to Eric Halla, like if he could stick to his game, he's not going to stick to his game two years ago, but if he can be okay, I guess it's a good trade for the Canes. Yeah, I don't think he needs to repeat like 29 goals again, but if you can get like 35 to 40 points, if that, like maybe like 15 goals, then I think that's a good deal for the Carolina because, I mean, under a 3 million cap hit, like if you yeah. can get 15 to 20 goals, I think that's... A pretty good season. What um, line you guys think you'll play on? I'm thinking third line probably with like Stall maybe or something probably. like that. Yeah, third line for sure. Third line center or wing. I think I think he's pretty. No, versatile. he's a winger. Yeah. Stall Stall will play center on that line for sure, and then Hollow will play on the wing probably. Probably. Okay, moving on to more signings. I know. I know you wanted to say this one. <laughs> Mike Riley agrees to two year, three million contract with the Canadians. That's a one point five AAV. So the 25-year-old defenseman had 11 points, 3 goals, 8 assists, and 57 games for the Canadians. I mean, he's more of a depth defenseman, yeah. but I don't mind Riley at all. He's pretty mobile. Yeah. Could skate, he skates well. Mm-hmm. He's not the best defender in the world, but he's okay for what he brings. He's more of a 6-7 kind of guy, so I kind of like this deal. He is 25, so it's not like he's old. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys think about this deal. 
No, there's there's not much to say, but I think he's a pretty good defenseman. I, again, in the six seven role, he's not that bad. Uh, the Canadians need defensemen. I'm they're in on basically every left-handed or left defenseman on the left side. And I don't know what Mike Riley plays. I think he's lefty as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good signing. It's cheap. He's young. And I think he's going to do better than 11 points if he can play a whole year next year. So, good for Mike Riley and the Canadians. Thomas, take this one away. Okay. Uh, Carl Soderberg was traded yesterday to the uh, Arizona Coyotes by the Avalanche for Kevin Connaughton and a third-round pick in the 2020 NHL draft. Why does it say on Tuesday? I don't know why it says on Tuesday. But anyways, uh, Carl Soderberg scored an NHL career high 23 goals in 82 games this season for the Avalanche. And he also had 49 points. That's uh, so basically a 50-point guy on the third or, or second, third line for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, he's pretty versatile. He can play anything. You play penalty kill. He can play power play. You name it. Uh, it's, an all, it's a good trade for the Coyotes. They kind of need more center depth. In their lineup, uh, Derek Stepan is the first-line center, I believe, and I don't think that's enough to get to the playoffs. They were really close this year, and I don't think Carl Soberg's that kind of player who can get them there, but he can definitely play a big part in their team uh, next year and for the future. Yeah, I think Soderberg also, there's a cool kind of thing about him that I think he's partially blind in his left eye from getting, a, I think, a stick to the eye when he was playing like in his minor league career, so... To see him have like a pretty half decent NHL career, like twenty three goals, as you said before, um, I think it's a solid trade for the Coyotes. I mean, Connaughton is an okay player and a third round pick for like, I don't know if he'll repeat twenty three goals again, but he's a pretty decent second, third, more third line yeah. center. Uh, Brooks Orpik announced his retirement <laughs> from the NHL after fifteen seasons. So Orpik won the Stanley Cup with the Penguins back in 2009 and the Capitals in 2018. Orpik had 194 points, 18 goals, 176 assists, and 1,035 games with the Penguins and Capitals, as well as 26 points, 4 goals, 22 assists, and 156 playoff games. Me and Thomas have a little thing about Orpik. We wanted to see how many goals he scored in his career, so 18 is definitely not a lot. But I think he went like two or three seasons where he had three goals and like three seasons combined. So I mean, he's definitely does not contribute offensively. <laughs> yeah. He's more he's definitely a shutdown, but I mean, he's I think he's approaching 40 years old. So he's a pretty effective D-man yeah. for the Penguins and Capitals and he is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. So he's got that going for him. Uh, I'm just looking at DV here. He only had one season with three goals. That was his career high? That was his career high. That was his career high in 2015-2016 with Capitals. Pure sniper. Yeah. But, I mean, he did have a couple multi-point seasons. I mean, multi-goal seasons. Uh, He had one, two, five, six multi-point seasons in his career. I mean, multi-goal seasons seasons in his career, so. There you go. Yeah, clearly. But no, he's he's a he was a shutdown. He was a shutdown defender. And he was was kind of. Yeah, no, he was. He was kind of that like, uh, that big guy in front of the net that just kind of boxes everyone out. Like, is it not, not nearly as big? I think he was like six one maybe. No, he's just like tough as nails. I think like he just plays hard and like he know how to defend properly. That's why he was in the league for so long. And he was kind of drafted at a time where the league was still like yeah tougher like back in 0203 i think he was drafted yeah um 
so that that was kind of like he kind of fit in like his playing style fit in back in that time but now now i feel like the ideal defender in the nhl is not a defensive defenseman it's more of a puck moving uh two-way defenseman yeah yeah you guys agree with me so the game's changed since he came into the league so it's changed like within the last like five years too so honestly much, there's so many players that have just like been kicked from the league just vanished they, yeah they could they just couldn't keep up with the skating and stuff like that so like just hockey keeps developing and growing and like it's awesome to see i love watching like smooth skating puck handling defensemen like i was a defenseman when i would played my minor hockey so it's just nice to see that like you don't need to be like six four and like don't know how to like handle a puck like it's good that it can be any size and like have an impact on the game. Good point. Uh, I think that's all we got for the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to move on to NHL awards? I know you guys couldn't recap that uh, last episode, so yeah, we'll you recap. Guys Want to get into that? Yeah. yeah. So Joe, uh, let's start off with the Selkie. Who won that award? So the Selkie Trophy was given to Ryan O'Reilly, Stanley and... Cup champion and Conn Smythe winner. Yeah, he he was well decorated after the NHL awards. I think he walked away with three three yeah. awards and the Stanley Cup, obviously. So good for him. Uh, I predicted O'Reilly to win the Selkie. Pretty sure Thomas had Mark Stone. Uh, Mark Stone, yeah. So uh, I'm one to know as of right now. Let's move on to the Lady Bing. Uh, the Lady Bing went to Sasha Barkov of the Florida Panthers. I love Barkov. He's such a great player. So I think he definitely deserves this award. Uh, Thomas, I think you predicted Barkov, right? But did we both? Yeah, I think we both did. Yeah, this was the first award that we both predicted him. Uh, and then moving on to the Bill Masterton. Uh, Bill Masterton obviously was given to Robin Leonard. He had a very tough last offseason. He was depressed and mm-hmm. had suicidal thoughts. So good, good thing that he rebounded this year, had a great year. Uh, he seems to be in a much better place, so this was a well-deserved award to him. Yeah, Thomas and I both uh, also predicted Leonard to win this award. I don't know if you guys saw his speech, but he oh. said uh, it was it was a very very nice speech. Uh, he basically said that um, I don't remember his exact words, but something like he's mentally ill, but that doesn't make him weak or something like that. Mentally yeah. weak, yeah. Ment- yeah, that's it. Uh, so I just I was a fan of his speech. That was one of my highlights of the NHL awards last week. Uh, but good for him on winning that award. I I, I kind of expected him to win it, so he did. Let's move on to the King Clancy. The King Clancy was given to Jason Zucker. He was also nominated last year for this award. It's basically like giving back to the community and uh, just making an impact in his community. This was the one award where Thomas and I. Did not predict the winner. The only award where neither of us picked the winner. Uh, but, I mean, this is one of those awards where anyone could win, obviously. Like, Lundquist, Oliver Carson, and yeah. uh, Jason Zucker all uh, do a lot uh, on and off the ice in their communities. So, this is one award. I think both runners-up get a $5,000 donation yep. to a charity of their choice. And then, obviously, Zucker got $40,000 from the NHL Foundation to benefit a charity of his choice. So this is this is kind of an award that everyone an, gets rewarded for. It's an underrated so. award. I completely agree. Yeah, it is, for sure. Actually, we have breaking news right now. Hurricanes oh, no. are to buy out the final year of Patrick Marlowe's contract. Wow. 
That's big news. So Eric Halla cannot give the stare to Patrick Marlowe anytime soon. No, he uh. cannot. And it's pretty reported that Marlowe might resign with San Jose Sharks. I wouldn't be surprised. I would. I could see that, but I mean, obviously, he's not going to make nearly as much money as he was no, signed right, for. No. So he would be signing for like one year, one million. The guy can't really do much anymore. No, he'll be like a death player who doesn't play a lot, probably. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to the awards. So what's the uh, next we're on the mess. We're on the Messier Mark Messier Leadership Award. Okay, so the Mark Messier Leadership Award went to Wayne Simmons. So this is just kind of. Again, similar to like the King Clancy. So it's just kind of showing leadership in the community and acting out on certain acts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this award, you predicted Gio, Mark Giordano, I think, to win, Thomas, right? Yep. And I had Simmons to win. Uh, but this is a, kind of another award uh, where all players who were nominated kind of deserve it. Yeah, like I think if you're nominated for like Mark Messier leadership and King Clancy, like you kind of win regardless, like the NHL recognizes that you're doing well in the community. So yeah. I think everyone wins in this case. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Uh, let's move on to Jack Adams. So Jack Adams was given to Barry Trotz of the New York Islanders. So after Tavares left in for agency to the Toronto Maple Leafs, not much was expected of the Islanders and they ended up, sweeping the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round, but then getting swept by Caroline in the second round. But I mean, the fact that they made the playoffs with that roster says a lot about Trotz. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that my boy Peru made it, <laughs> but uh, Thomas predicted this one, right? So <laughs> congrats, Thomas. Thanks. Moving on to general manager of the year. So general manager of the year was Boston Bruins' Don Sweeney. So I know Andrew has some animosity towards this. So you want to explain why? Uh, well, the wrong Don was picked because I think Don Waddell really got overlooked for this award. Uh, he brought in, in last since last offseason, he brought in like Dougie Hamilton, Michael Ferlin, Jordan Martinook, uh, Andrei Svechnikov, Peter Mrazek, and Curtis McElhaney. And the Carolina Hurricanes really had a turnaround season. They made the playoffs a lot. The second round, I believe, to the Islanders. Conference finals. Conference or, sorry, finals. conference finals, yeah. Um. Anyways, I think the Ron Don was picked in this situation. I, I don't like that Don Sweeney was picked because although I know that the Bruins are suffering from injuries, Don Sweeney only brought in, like, Marcus Johansson, uh, I think Charlie Coyle, and it wasn't – like, he, he didn't make a lot of trades, really. Like, he didn't bring in too many players. He can't control injuries. I don't think that the Bruins' success had much to do with his. I mean, obviously, it had a little bit to do with his, um, like, yeah, I managing. But I think coaching had a bigger part to do with the Bruins' success this year than Don Sweeney did. So I, I'm, I feel sorry for you, Don Waddell, because you deserve this award and you really got snubbed. And he also and brought I, in Rod Brendamore. That's true. That's, yeah, coach, yeah, so. that that was probably his biggest move you're right I, 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 I forgot about it. that one but, uh he should have i think we both predicted don waddell to win this award was that yeah. correct mm-hmm. and this was the only award where thomas or i did not predict it right. so neither of uh, neither of us got this one right but waddell 100 percent in my opinion 
Uh, let's go on to the Calder Trophy. Now the, the interesting awards are coming. Yeah, so the Calder Trophy, I think, in my opinion, is pretty obvious. Giving it to Elias Pedersen, like he don't, he was pretty dominant when he was playing. He got injured a few times, but he is something special, I think. Especially, like, he is a 98, so he was 20 years old. It's not like he was 18 and broke into the league, but he developed well. He was, I think he's a steal at number five overall in the 2017 draft, so... He looks like he's going to be a star for years to come for the Canucks. Yeah, we both, Thomas and I both predicted Pedersen to win. This yep. was kind of a no-brainer for me. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin had an outstanding season as well, and so did Jordan Bennington. But Pedersen, in my opinion, had by far, not by far the best um, season, but he put up 66 points in 71 games. That's pretty, pretty impressive for a rookie in his rookie season. And he was playing with the Vancouver Canucks, who don't have a, a great supporting cast for him. So that's kind of impressive, and he deserved this award 100%. Yeah. The Golden Boy won it. I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah, I saw that uh, tweet. <laughs> yeah, that tweet from the breakdown account. Let's move on to goalies awards now, the Vezina Trophy. So the Vezina Trophy was given to Andre Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky, I think, posted 39 wins this year. He also missed a month of action with a foot injury. So he almost put up 40 wins, and he missed a month of action. He probably could have had easily like 45, if not more. So I think this was well deserved for Vasilevsky. Maybe he might have even pushed fifty wins. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's impressive to come back from an injury and still keep up uh, like an elite style of play. That was impressive. Uh, this was another award I think that Thomas and I both agreed that yep. Vasilevsky was going to win it. Vesna Vash. Yeah. Uh, let's go on to Norris Trophy. So Norris was given to my boy Mark Giordano. Uh. A little story I got about Giordano is that uh, I go to Lifetime Gym. So a few <laughs> years ago, I actually I actually saw him working out with his trainer. And it was like, I didn't even want to approach him because I didn't know if it was him 100%. But like, that was just a cool moment. And then now he had a career year at age 35, led captain of the Flames, led the team in ice time. I mean, I don't know if you can't give him the award. So I'm happy that he won. Yeah, I predicted Burns to win this one. Thomas, I think you predicted Gio, right? I did. Yes, I did. So you got this one right. Um, Joe, Giordano's a pretty big boy, isn't he? He's pretty jacked, honestly. Like, his equipment makes him look so much bigger, but, like, he's just, like, lean and jacked. So. Yeah, it's kind of cool. He's a fellow Italian. So. And he is. He is from Oakville, <laughs> Ontario. Yeah. Nice little WAP. Another WAP that you guys love in the NHL. Buddy, you got Anze Kopitar, right? <laughs> That's all I got in the NHL, okay? <laughs> That's why I'm salty. Uh, Ted Lindsay. So this was given to Nikia Kucherov. So this is voted by the players to vote who is the best player in the league this season. I honestly thought McDavid should get it because he put up 116 points on a team in Edmonton that didn't make the playoffs. So... I know the Players Association voted on this, but I know Kucherov had an outstanding year, 128 points, but I honestly just think like the best player in the game is still McDavid, but I don't know what you guys think about this. Yeah, this was an award where Thomas and I kind of argued a little bit on the NHL Awards preview episode, I remember, because I predicted Kucherov in this, and Thomas kind of like completely disagreed with me. He said, no, 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 no. McDavid's going to win it. 100% he's going to win it. And I said, no, Thomas, you're wrong. And guess who was right? I was right. So Well, it's because, like, I like what, what Joe said. He <laughs> I'm is just, the best I'm just, player in the league. No, he, I agree. I'm just – I'm bugging you, Thomas. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not even that. Like, like Kucherov is. is outstanding. But, like, 
I mean, McDavid is for sure the yeah. most outstanding player in the league, but how can you not vote exactly. Kucherov? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. With the season that he had, he was averaging, I think, like 1.56 points per game or something Crazy. like that. Like, yeah. that's just insane. In today's NHL, like maybe back in like 20, 30 years ago, that was not like an amazing stat. Like, I mean, Gretzky would Normal. have been putting up like three points a game at least. Um, but 1.56 points per game this uh, in this day and age in the NHL is pretty impressive. That's why I thought Kucherov was going to win it. Uh, but no doubt about it. I mean, McDavid will take this home. Um, this award home probably in the future. Uh, I, again, I think he won it last year, right? Yep. Twice, I think. He won it twice? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the biggest award of the night, the heart. So the heart was given, of course, to Nikita Kucherov. As we said before, he had 128 points. Like, no one was even close, really, to him. Halfway through the season, he just took off with the scoring lead. And he was the most valuable player on the one of the best teams in NHL history. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay won 62 wins, tied with the 95-96 wings, I think, for most all-time. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. So I mean, Kucherov was dominant this year. He definitely deserved this award, 100%. Yeah, I know. There's no doubt about it. Like, Thomas and I, when we were doing that awards preview, I remember, like, we both agreed Kucherov was going to win it. And I don't even think. No, this was close. Crosby or McDavid weren't even close to winning that award. Uh, it's too bad that he walk away with the Stanley Cup, though, from the NHL playoffs. No, as I said they, last they episode, even... they shit themselves in the first round. They didn't even get a win. No. Nope. I know, that's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. To come into the playoffs, best team in the the whole entire league, to get swept like that? Like, You're the on. best team, the best goalie, the best forward in the league, and you still lost. Well, Kucherov, he only put up maybe two points in the playoffs, didn't he? Yes, not not good. He did not put up enough to get the Lightning through (laughs) or even get them a win. So, I mean, he kind of fell asleep in the playoffs. Well, that was an interesting stat too. Um, What was it? Who was nominated for the heart? It was Kucherov, Crosby, and and McDavid. McDavid. So, none of them got a playoff win. None of those players. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, it tells you how valuable they are. Holy shit. Yeah, well, that's a very good point. I never even realized that. Yeah, honestly, I forgot about Crosby getting swept too. <laughs> yeah, that was that was surprising. Like the playoffs were just like They're just nuts. unpredictable. They're I unpredictable I, this year. I only got one series right in the first round this bracket. <laughs> it was so bad that the NHL had to redo their bracket um, challenge online. I remember they had like a, a bracket challenge starting from the second round all the way to the finals. Uh, after a bunch of teams got, um, like upset in the well, first yeah, round, half the fan base of the national like they took Tampa. Like, I took yeah, Tampa. I took Tampa. I think I don't know if I had them going to the finals. I think I had the Tampa, and I don't remember. I think it was Vegas final, something wow. like that. Okay, well, but yeah, we all got upset this year in the playoffs for our brackets. Um, that's it for awards. Okay. So in total. I tallied it up. I won. I predicted eight awards correct. Thomas predicted seven awards correct. Four of those, uh, Thomas and I both predicted correct. And then yeah. there was only one award uh, that we did not predict correctly. So if you if if you guys follow Battle of the Buds and you follow this uh, NHL awards, like clearly I'm not good 
at winning. Um, <laughs> no, I I, I've taken home everything since like so, regular playoffs. I mean, if you want to count this towards Battle of the Buds too, <laughs> I, technically I won it just by one. Barely hey, AJ, it, but... maybe you should start gambling. Oh, buddy, don't worry. <laughs> I've been having a good week, actually. Uh, betting on MLB. Uh, I could pull up my stats here. If oh, you'd like, okay. But... Gonna go <laughs> okay let me see. Let me see. I'm going to go on the action network and pull it up. This week, in the last seven days, I'm 6-1, and one, and I am up 2.93 units, 85.7 win percentage. So I'm having a good week. Hey, Rush, Rush, yeah, that's good. Last thirty days, I'm up ten point six seven units. So, yeah, that You're a lot of that MLB? had to do. No, a lot of that had to do with the NBA actually, oh. uh, because I had like a couple bets, multiple bets on the Raptors to win the finals, um, and then I also had Kawhi Leonard to win MVP, and I had a lot of money on the Raptors and Kawhi to not a lot of like not like an insane amount of money, but like I bet more than I usually do on the Raptors and Kawhi. Um, Win MVP, so that's why that has a lot to do with why my stats are so good this month. So, okay, you guys want to switch gears from uh, Andrew's gambling record to uh, <laughs> potential UFA destinations? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Okay, so I got who do we got? Here. Who's still? Yeah, who's um like still on the board? All right, so we got Panarin. Yeah, we got Duchesne. Okay. Bobrovsky. Bit of a theme there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pavelski. Uh, Tyler Myers. So we'll just do probably like maybe 10 of them. Yeah. Jake Gardner. Uh, Andres Lee. Um, Anton Strawman. Robin Leonard. And Gustav Nyquist. So we'll just do those 10 just for today. So... We'll start with number one, Panarin, who's the most coveted free agent. So where do you guys think this guy will end up? You go first, player. Yeah, I don't know. Joe, you go first. Because I, I don't <laughs> okay. know. Like this is all right. Um so he played in Columbus last year, had a career year, fifty nine assists, eighty seven points in total. Um so he's a game breaking talent. Of course, he's in his prime, he's twenty seven. Um, I know there's lots of reports that Florida is very interested in him, especially not that they hired Quenville. He had that connection with the Blackhawks a few years ago as Quenville was the coach. So I think, honestly, it's going to be Florida. But, like, I think Columbus is going to try to do everything they can to resign him before uh, free agency, which is next Monday. Yeah, see, here's the thing. Like, about Florida, I don't know their cap situation. Oh. I think it's fine. I think, yeah, like they, they, yeah, you know, he probably will, like, I know he'll fit in there for sure, I think. Um, I think he plays right wing, right? Uh, left wing. He's left wing. Yeah, Huberto plays the first line with Barkov and Dadanov. Um, but he would, I think he fits, like, his playing style is more like, like, flashier, I guess. I think he would fit in in Florida. Uh, I I just don't know their cap situation and how that would work out, but you mentioned million in cap yeah. Rate. Well, Luongo also just oh, retired, okay. which saved them true. about like three and a half to four million. True that. I think I could see the floor though. I could see him fitting in there. And you mentioned the connection he has with Joel Quenville. I love Joel Quenville. A uh, big reason of that is because I was a big Blackhawks bandwagoner when when Quenville <laughs> was part of that dynasty back in uh, like 2010 and and so on. 
Um, but I, I could definitely see Panarin fitting in there, I think. Are you Thomas? Yeah, I did predictions with one of my buddies, and we did like 30 UFAs, not like 10. But anyways, um, I have Artemi Panarin going either to the Rangers, the Florida Panthers, or the underrated St. Louis Blues. Blues, eh? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Vladimir Tarasenko, fellow Russian. Ivan Barbashev, fellow Russian. Do they have the cap space though? I think they. I have think like they do. Cap space. Yeah, they have really? lots actually. I never thought of the Blues. That would be amazing. Honestly, they, I would bet on the, the Blues to win the cup again if he went there. I mean, the Blues have to sign Barbashev, Maroon, uh, Robbie Fabry, Zach Sanford, Oscar Sundqvist, Sammy okay, Blay. Those are all like. Yeah, they're not going to sign all of them though. Like, so, yeah, those Maroon. aren't like core players that that actually matter that much. Uh, but. I could, yeah, I could see that. That's a good prediction, Thomas. I like that. Okay, right. who's the next one? So we can go to Maddie Duchesne. He is 28 years old. He also had a very good, uh, sorry, season. He had 31 goals, 70 points this season. And he also was a point per game in the 2019 playoffs. And the rumored destinations for him, I think it's only two right now, actually, is the Nashville Predators and my Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, see, I I think the Canadians are is gonna be his destination. I know he's he is a Canadian, uh, first of all, um, but I I could see him going to the Canadians. I think they have like almost nine million in cap space, uh, yeah. so it would hurt their cap space if they signed him. I don't know how much he's expecting to make. Uh, More than nine. <laughs> you think? Well, cause Kevin Hayes got seven mil. Good God, Kevin Hayes. That's yeah, but that. Like that's the problem with the fucking NHL and like, man, you, you think like, f- yeah, we could have a whole episode on that on caps like, on the cap NHL space. salary cap and yeah. Cap, yeah, like you could talk about shitty contracts forever. I could see him fitting in Montreal though. Like if you think the Canadians, they have who's their number one center? Max Domi. Max I don't even Domi. know. Is he your number one center? Yep. Philip Deneau, I know he's a center as well. Kakanyan, uh, he was third line last year. Yeah, he's not he's not a number one though by any means. But I could see Duchesne fitting in there. I'm not saying he'll end up there because I don't know if they'd be willing to get rid of uh like all their cap space and spend it on Duchesne, but he would fit in there and like the Canadians need a number one center. Yeah. I think his playing style is similar to no, I wouldn't compare him to Brennan Gallagher, but he would fit. I just think he would. He's a perfect fit for the Canadians. That's why I think he'll end up there. Yeah, he was also a Canadians fan growing up, but apparently Nashville kind of has the edge just because they traded PK Subban. Yeah. So they have technically more cap than Montreal right now. So we'll see what happens where he signs. But Thomas, where do you think he'll sign? I originally thought Columbus, and then I went Nashville, Montreal. But I think I'm gonna do Nashville, Montreal, Columbus. I think. Anywhere is a good fit. He's going to be the number one center anywhere. So he's better than Johansson. He's better than Domi. And he's probably better than uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois at this point in his career. Yeah, he's in his prime too. All right, we're Nashville's gonna... got a lot of cap space. 13, over 13 mil. Yeah, that's what I it's mean. Because so, they traded Subban, so they have more cap than Montreal. But again, we'll see what happens. So now we're going to go to another. This is the third Columbus UFA. <laughs> Bobrovsky, who's 30 years old, he had a cap hit last year of 7.425. Um, he had a pretty okay season, but once the playoffs rolled around, he was dynamite. I thought it was his best playoffs of his career, so he's kind of riding in on a high. 
And a lot of reports are expecting him to kind of either reach carry prices max, which is 10.5 or around the $10 million range. So he is 30 years old. So I think again, like Panarin, uh, Luongo just retired and they need a goalie. They have a pretty competitive team. So I think he as well is going to go to the Florida Panthers. So what do you guys think? Do you not think he would resign? No, I don't think he has that impression, especially with Tortorella's coach. They got into a bit of a disagreement last season. So I just don't see him resigning. Good point. Thomas, what do you think? Again, like Matt Duchesne, I originally had him re-signing with Columbus just based on his playoff run. But uh, my next runners-up for Sergey Bobrovsky is also Florida. And then an underrated one is Carolina. But I don't know. they got to get Aho done first. But Carolina also needs a goalie. I don't think they're going to re-sign Peter Petermarazic, So Yeah, no, I, I like Carolina. I'd say I agree with that. Car- I would say Carolina before Florida maybe. I know Florida needs a goalie, but Carolina's like they're kind of borderline, um, like they're a borderline playoff team. And I think to get them over that edge to get them into the playoffs next year, they would need a goalie in order to or in order to do that. And by signing Bobrovsky, I think that really puts them in a good position to make playoffs. And they have the cast space to do it, so I could see him going to Carolina. Yeah, that could be an underrated pick. I just don't know if Don Waddell or like the ownership of the Hurricanes will want to pay like Ajo nine point five and then Bobrovsky ten. Like they're usually have a cap yeah. floor team. They don't really mm-hmm. spend that much. So, I mean, it could be it could work over there if they want to spend the money. So next on the list is uh, little Joe Pavelski, the captain of the Sharks. He's been there his whole career. He's currently thirty four. He'll be thirty five when next season starts. So he's a little bit older. So what I, also I want to mention that in NHL, if you sign a contract in your age thirty five season, I think yeah, then, you're right. Yeah, then you're, it's a guaranteed money and uh, term and all that. So he did have thirty eight goals this year, which is unreal. I think yeah. yeah, and he's he's a very good leader. He had that incident in the playoffs where he got knocked out cold. He had a seizure on the ice, came back the next round, scored two goals I think in that game when he came back. So I. I think San Jose is going to try to re-sign him, but another report I kind of saw today was the Tampa Bay Lightning looking at him. That's interesting shit. Yeah, so what do you guys think? Tampa Bay, can they fit him in? They could. If he takes a discount, I think. Oh, he would have to take a discount. I think he's going to re-sign. I can't see him anywhere else except San Jose in his career, so I think he's going to re-sign. That's what I think too. It'll be like a two, three-year deal, I think. I don't think it'll be anything crazy. Yeah, Thomas? Uh, I'm also um, hoping to see him re-sign. He's the captain of the team. But my other options is the Nashville Predators and the Buffalo Sabres. Sabres? Jeez. Yeah, I just think that Jack Eichel's pretty freaking good at hockey. He's American and Pavelski. Um, I think that's closer to his hometown, I, th- I believe. So uh, possibility of the Sabres could be possible. But, I mean... If I'm Joe Pavelski, I'm re-signing with San Jose. I'm finishing career with San Jose. Yeah. You just built yourself up as a player in San Jose. You're the captain of the team. And that kind of looks kind of bad, especially if he went to Tampa and took less money and left San Jose. Like, that's 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 kind of That's a, true. But yeah. he might want to win a cup too, right? Like, I know he doesn't have one under his belt, so he might want to go to Tampa to try and, try and help them win over there. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, so now we're going to go to – uh, Tyler Myers so Myers is 29 years old 
he is a right-handed shooting defenseman. I know the Leafs need that, but uh, with their cap situation, no, uh, it's not going to happen. But I honestly don't know where Myers might end up. Um, I don't know if Winnipeg will try to re-sign him. I mean, they let go of Truba via trade to the Rangers, so I think they're going to try to re-sign Myers at the very least. Or else that right side is going to look very weak next year, in my opinion. So I either think he's going to re-sign with the Jets or maybe a team like the Vancouver Canucks might yeah. take a look at him. I was thinking Edmonton. Uh, then again, they don't have a ton of cap space. I think it's just over 8 mil or something like that. Um, but like Edmonton doesn't have... Great defenseman. They need defensemen, right? Like they also who knows? Need maybe. Uh, well, yeah, that that too. But they've always struggled with uh, getting like solid defensemen there. I could see him. He's a right hand shot, so I th- I could see him maybe going there. I don't know. Like, but then again, like Winnipeg. Also, you mentioned Joe that they got rid of Truba. They do need yet another defenseman, uh, and I think maybe they'll try to resign him. Yep. Yeah. Well, I made these predictions on June 8th, so bear with me, but I had originally Myers going to the Minnesota Wild, the Anaheim Ducks, and the New Jersey Devils, and that was before New Jersey got P.K. Subban, so I don't think that's a possibility anymore. But also, like, Vancouver's really, really in on him, but I don't see... If Vancouver were to sign him for more than 7 mil, Jim Benning should be fired on the spot. (laughs) That's... He's going to be paid along with like Burns, Carlson, all the great defensemen in the NHL and if he gets seven mil. So I don't I don't think that's I don't think any team in the right mind of mine should assign Tyler Myers for seven mil. But I think Winnipeg's out of the question. I think they don't I don't know. I don't know. We'll what see. what money do you think he'll make? Like five point five six? That's so, even pushing yeah. it. Like Well that's the thing. Like he's a right handed man. Like those are in high demand. So he could ask for whatever he wants. Someone's gonna pay him some money. It depends what the cap situation is, too, on the team that's offering to him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you have a ton of cap space, you could spend more on a right-hand shot defenseman. Uh, but if you're a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who I think could end up reaching out to him, maybe, um, they don't have a lot of cap space, so they can't offer him that much. We're going to we'll switch see. over to another defenseman from the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jake Gardner. Yeah. He's 28 years old, just made just over $4 million. He When he's healthy, he can get 50 points, most likely. He is a very smooth skating defenseman. He's from he's a Minnesota native. Um, there's a lot of teams kind of interested on him. And I know Montreal, like he's, as you said before, they're in on like every left-handed D available. Yeah. So Montreal and the Chicago Blackhawks are also rumored to be in on Jake Gardner. I don't see him returning to Toronto just because of their cap oh. situation. He's going to easily get $6 million. Um, Even maybe the Minnesota Wild could look into getting him because he is from there, as I mentioned. So yeah. I don't know where he's going to end up. What do you guys think? No idea. I have absolutely no idea. There's too many teams that were interested in him that I've heard, um, he won't, I could tell you that much that he won't return to Toronto Maple Leafs. I can't see him resigning there. Uh, I have, well, do you want to, what do you, no, what do you think? What do you think, Thomas? I have Minnesota, Vancouver, and Colorado. Uh, but again, like Montreal's really in on left uh, defensemen. So 
it's it's not dumb at all for Montreal to go after him, especially because that's a need. So if Montreal were to give him the money, I I don't think he would say no. But again, his hometown team or his hometown in Minnesota, if they were to offer him money, I think he would take that as well. Yeah. You think he would take a cut too? Yeah, maybe. Minnesota? Maybe if for Minnesota, maybe if that's about it. I could see him going to Minnesota. I like that. All right. But all right. Yeah. Go what ahead, do you what, what do you think? Like, if Minnesota were to sign him, what line would you start him on? Uh, he'd probably be playing with. Uh, I don't know if Suter's still their number one D. Still get paid over seven million. He's thirty four now, so. Um, Suter second pairing. second pairing for sure. With Dumba, you think? Dumba, Brodeen, possibly. Well, Brodeen's a. I think Dumba. Dumba's Dumba plays right, right side. Yeah. Brodeen, I think. I could see him maybe going to third and Gardner fitting in there. That, yeah. that could work. Minnesota could work. All right, on to the next free agent, Andres Lee. He's 28, uh, just had a cap hit of 3.75. He just had three consecutive 50 point seasons. He scored 40. Uh, two seasons ago, last year he hit twenty eight, I think. So he had a bit of a drop off, but again, he was getting fed the puck by Tavares two years ago. Uh, he still had a pretty decent season. He is now the captain of the New York Islanders. He is a UFA, so uh, I could see the Islanders resigning him. But I don't know what he's gonna ask for, especially sure. after they gave Brock Nelson like six million, which is just absurd. Like the guy's like a forty point guy, and. I don't know what Lee's going to ask for. Probably over $7 million for sure. So I think he's going to re-sign with the Islanders, but I'm not sure at all where this yeah, guy's going to go. I can't see him leaving the Islanders. The Islanders have a lot of money that they could spend too. So like maybe if they have to pay him big money, they will. Who knows? Yeah. yeah it I, wouldn't be good in the long term, I think, but they could do it if they want to. I mean, like, he's your captain, and you've got to – like, it's like the Pavelski situation. Like he's your captain, he's part of heart and soul of your team. You he, and he just got named captain at the beginning of the season as well. Yeah. So what does that tell you if Lou Lamorello, especially Lou Lamorello, the GM of their team, were to let him go? Uh, I think he resigns with the New York Islanders, but some other candidates, his hometown team, the Minnesota Wild, could take a run at him, and the Colorado Avalanche as well. All right. So the next UFA, Anton Strawman, he's 32 years old, defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was making 4.5 million this season. He's a top four D-man. I don't know if he'll be that way for the rest of his career because he is kind of exiting his prime. So uh, I know Tampa, John Cooper loves Strawman. He always plays him in almost every situation. Very reliable. He can move the puck, defend well. Um, he could stay in Tampa if he takes a discount, I think, if he wants to win oh, a yeah. cup. So I don't really know where else he would want to go. Like, again... He is right-handed, so he could be in high demand, but there's not that many teams interested in him as of right now. But I think, in my opinion, I think he might return to the Lightning on a discount. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. I think he returns to Tampa on a discount, uh, but some other teams he could go to is also the Vancouver Canucks looking for a defenseman as well. And maybe the Anaheim Ducks, I don't know, maybe wants to enjoy the weather, maybe get paid some money and enjoy the weather there i don't know yeah honestly i don't i don't really know where he'll end up because there's not many teams that want him or are interested in him uh i could see him resigning in tampa bay maybe i don't think vancouver will go to him just because of his age uh and he's kind of like kind of on a downfall in his career like he's not obviously he's not in his prime anymore 
but I think best possibility I think is re-signing and yeah. yeah. All right. So number nine here has got Robin Leonard, who signed to a one-year four million dollar deal with the Islanders. He's 27 years old, so he's in his prime. He had the best season of his career, as we mentioned, 25 wins. He had a 9.30 save percentage, which is incredible, I think. And he won uh, Bill Masterton. Yep. 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 And so I think this is a no-brainer. I think the Islanders want to re-sign him. So they had Thomas Grice, who's under contract for next season as well. So maybe they want to do the split like they did this year. But I really think the Islanders are going to re-sign Leonard, especially helping him get his life back together. And I think they owe it to him to give him more money and more term. Yeah, I think he's going to return to New York as well. Um, but I think what the Islanders should do is sign him to like a two, maybe two, three-year deal. Yeah. To, to like, I don't know what kind of money he would make. Maybe like six mil, five mil, something like that. Maybe even that's too much, actually. Like 4.5, something like that. Sign him to like a three-year deal. And then try to bring in a younger goaltender. Uh, I don't, I don't know who they would acquire, but try to go for someone that they could kind of put in Leonard's footsteps, and then have Leonard mentor him up into a starting position once Leonard's contract is done. Yeah, and I'm also that would going, be the smart move. It would be a really smart move, uh, but I'm also going with him re-signing with the New York Islanders, just the way the organization has treated him, uh, gave him a home, like he said in his speech. Uh, it's just too good to leave, not not to like re-sign with them. But some other teams that could be on him are the Florida Panthers as well. They're looking for a goaltender, and maybe the Calgary Flames. Uh, maybe they do not believe, believe in David Riddick for next year. Uh, Mike Smith's on the way out. Could <laughs> Mike Smith could go to the Edmonton Oilers? So uh, oh god, yeah. Um, maybe Leonard to the Calgary Flames. But again, I agree with both of you. I think he's gonna re-sign with the Islanders. All right, so the last player we'll talk about today is Gustav Nyquist. He's 29. He can play left or right wing. He's pretty versatile. He's making $4.75 million. He just had a career year, first ever 60-point campaign. Uh, he's a very durable player. He's got. He's a pretty good veteran, too. Like He's a very good second-line player, in my opinion, if you can fit the right pieces around him. So he played for the Sharks. He was acquired by the Sharks at the trade deadline last season. Mm-hmm. I don't see him going back to San Jose. Same. I know the Oilers are looking for scoring. Uh, Ken Hall and the GM knows him well. Drafted him when he was with Detroit. So I think the Oilers could be front runners. I don't know if they have enough cap space to sign him, but they'll certainly try to make it work to try to get him. Probably play with McDavid, possibly, or Dry Settle if they decide to split them up. So I don't know what you guys think about this one. Thomas, go ahead. <laughs> well, Joe, I also have him going to the Edmonton Oilers as the front runner, actually. Uh, they have $8 million in cap space. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi is probably going to hold out as long as he can. to That guy's either, gone. Yeah, or to leave the organization. Um, I don't think they re-sign Alec Chason or Tobias Reeder. Uh, they give Juju Akara, obviously, a contract. He's an RFA. But, again, uh, you said Ken Holland knows him well. Uh, he's been on his team previously with the Detroit Red Wings. And some other na- other teams that could be in on Gustav Nyquist are... The Philadelphia Flyers and the Buffalo Sabres. I think all three of those teams need help scoring wise and kind of depth wise. So I think it would be a good fit for either organization to acquire Gustav Nyquist this offseason. Yeah, I don't know. Like this is a player that I haven't really thought about where he's gonna end up. Um I I could see him fitting in, in Nashville. 
Uh, I know it could be a long shot. I, I haven't heard like rumors of him going there, but they could use, I think he's, he's a winger, right? Yeah. And Nashville doesn't have, I mean, they have Craig Smith and, and Grandlund as wingers on their second line there. Um, but like, I don't know. I really don't know what to say. Cause I, I haven't heard many rumors on Nyquist, but yeah, it's been. Kind I know, of quiet I know that Nyquist. Nashville could afford him. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe he will end up in Edmonton. That could be a good destination for him too. Yeah, I think I think Edmonton might be the best destination for him. I mean, he gets a chance to play with McDavid, and you know, I would probably want to play with McDavid, and I could barely play hockey now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are the 10 UFAs that we'll talk about this episode. So um, anything else you guys want to mention? Oh, wow. Uh, so Joseph's just going to take the lead on last words. Okay. Yeah, I, I was know, just going to say, <laughs> Joseph. Just took the lead on all the UFAs. So I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, we want to welcome Joseph Caruso to the pod. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even mention at the beginning of the podcast, but he's kind of joining us full time now. His debut went well, uh, and Thomas and I were kind of looking to, looking for a third person to join us, on end to end. So welcome, Joe. Thank you. Um, I think you're taking the lead a little bit too early. That's still Thomas's job, but yeah, I gotta, I gotta change it for next for next episode. I'm sorry about that. I'm joking. Good, good for you. Um, I want to mention that Thomas and I have two collaboration articles out on the website, thebreakdownsports.com. Uh, we had our NHL Fantasy Awards article, which we released last, uh, I guess it's almost a week now, um, which we wrote in respect to the NHL Awards. Yep. And then we had Fantasy Hockey Review, where we basically went over all the top players from fantasy hockey this past season. Uh, and yeah, so check those out. Joe, you have any anything that you want to say? Uh, no, I know I'm very excited for free agency on Monday. I mentioned that last episode because I did not know we were doing this episode. But again, there's lots of news to cover and yeah. didn't cover the awards last episode. So July just, 2nd will be yeah. our, our next episode for sure. There's going to be a lot to to cover probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't wait. Okay, I guess that's the last words from both of you. Uh, yeah, I just want to quickly mention welcome to the pod, Joe. Um and I have an article coming out, which should be coming out soon, about the Blackhawks and how they're building for the future. Uh, they drafted Kirby Doc last Friday, third overall. So he's going to be a key centerman uh, going forward for them. Uh, any other things I want to mention, I guess? Well, Joseph's also an MLB analyst, so go check out his work, uh, his articles. Uh, fantasy uh, recap, weekly recaps are pretty good. I like to follow them, uh, use them for my team in fantasy. So uh, that's, yeah, that pretty much wraps up this long episode of the N10 Puck Talk podcast, episode number 20. We will definitely uh, be back on July 2nd to recap the free agent frenzy and any hockey news that happens in between now and then. Uh, yeah, so that does it for the N10 Puck Talk podcast. I'm Thomas Fessio. Alongside me is Joseph Russo and Andrew Flager. We will chat with you guys on July 2nd.